the college experience pick Dundee solo manifesto on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by MyBookie.ag. The UFC is back. International soccer is back. The casino is open 24 seven. Plus they got tons of sports simulations to bet on. Use the promo code SGP for up to a thousand dollars in deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag promo code SGP. You play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Madden Mayhem, our Madden simulation tournament where we're giving away $10,000 in mybookie credits to the winners with the best brackets. Your bracket busted, no problem. Get in on the $1,600 second chance bracket. Get all the info at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Madden. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Madden. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Once again, that's aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Yes, yes, woo! Welcome, welcome to the college experience. My name is Colby Dant, aka the Dantabase, aka Pick Dundee, in the place to be. Uh, that's not a pick. This is a pick. It feels weird. I like my rhythm is off because I'm solo. This is a solo show. Patty C's got a big test going on in, in the world. Some some shit going on in life. So I, I'm coming at you solo. I, I can't. And I think, you know, he's glad he should be. You should be happy. And, you know, I think he's a bit intimidated because, man, I've been st- I've been number crunching. I've been I've been sitting here watching film. Look, this quarantine's killing all of us, right? I mean, I'll just start from the top. Life is crazy. My life specifically. Uh, it's a very crazy uh, like six months ago. I mean, for any of us, I feel like, yeah, this COVID shit has like picked us up and thrown us into a, a crazy realm of life. But man, I was thinking about this the other day. Like uh, I was supposed to be in Portugal and Spain this past, uh, like about a week ago. And like, I had the tickets all ready to go. Everything was ready to go. And Instead, I am calling virtual sports games, which is fun. Madden Mayhem, DGen Madness. But if you would have told me this five years ago, or five years ago, five months ago, I would have said you're fucking crazy. I was going to Portugal. I was going to Spain. College basketball was was uh, you know, would be over, and that was my vacation before the NBA play, before really the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup. And I was going to try to get over to Spain and Portugal and check that out. And then this shit hit. And uh, yeah, we had no March madness. That was a blow, but I mean, isn't that life's just fucking crazy. Like it's just absolutely crazy. I would have never thought we're doing these things, but I hope you guys are doing good quarantined or whatever the hell's it will, depending on what state you're in. And I'll, I'll address, I guess I should just start off with that because I, this is, this is going to be 
a podcast that's going to be probably all over the place sports wise. I don't want to start an argument with nobody, but um, I know people, uh, people are freaking out with the California state thing. Uh, California state schools said there will be no fall uh, semester or an online fall semester, I guess, which presents problems. I just want to know. I just want you guys to know if you don't know that, that uh, the only state schools in California that would have a division one program would be San Diego state, San Jose state and Fresno state, which obviously poses a a big problem to the mountain West. The rest are UC schools like UCLA and then uh, Stanford USC private schools. Uh, I'm not sure on Cal. I think Cal is just a state school. I think it's UC Cal Berkeley. Um, But just, just for clarity there, I know I was arguing with the, one of our fans, football, football guys, gambling or whatever the, whatever the hell your handle is. You're solid American, even though we disagree on a lot of stuff, but I want to break it down for you because, um, I don't think like he legit thought that they, that California's politics, they didn't want to like, they're doing all of this. So USC doesn't have to play Alabama, which is hilarious. I know USC has got some power in the PAC 12, but. I don't think you understand California politics. I mean, California that they could give a shit about USC football. Sure. It makes revenue LA. Yeah. It makes revenue. So there is some level of caring there, but I mean, your whole state is shut down. You know what I mean? Like how much money I think the most important things I think that they're worried about is a, the entertainment industry brings in a shit ton of revenue and no one's filming right now. Uh, tourism, let's be honest, Hollywood, Santa Monica, Venice beach, let alone San Francisco, San Diego, all this stuff. California is one of the biggest tourism spots in all of the world. And right now, not many people are flying in and, and well, I think no one's flying in for the most part. And, um, and that, that's a big issue. I mean, Disneyland shut down. How much money does Disneyland and then Legoland and all this other shit. There, there's so much money at stake. They could give a flying fuck about USC and Alabama. And like I said, USC is a private school. So if they still wanted to do this, uh, I think they could because the game's not scheduled to be in Los Angeles. If it was in Los Angeles, then they could not do it because the mayor has basically said no to that. But um, it's an absolutely uh, ludicrous thought to think that their policy is regarding them trying to duck Alabama. One of the dumber arguments I've ever been in, because I just think, just look at the money, dude. College football. Yes. Is a big time moneymaker. USC makes money, but nothing is even remotely close to what Hollywood and the tourism does in California. Nothing is fucking close to it. Anyway, uh, but another thing, I mean, I saw Oregon go on board with, uh, you know, no large gatherings all the way until I think like October or November, which sucks because Ohio state's scheduled to play in Eugene, uh, week two, North Dakota state, uh, FCS champ is supposed to play in Eugene in week one. And, and those are daggers. Cause I really was excited to watch both of those games. Um, and it's, and I uh, look, I, I I think it's ridiculous that they're, that they're doing that, that far ahead. We don't know what it will look like in two months. So I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And 
I mean, all of it. I get it. I mean, I don't know. It's above my pay grade. I don't know any of this shit. I don't know what the doctors are saying, you know, cause you can never trust anything you see on the news. But, um, I tend to believe that three months from now, four months from now, five months from now to, to be calling games, you know, and saying they, they won't happen. Large gatherings can't happen. I think is absolutely fucking silly right now, but I wouldn't, I would probably bet on that probably being the case in a couple months, but why, why say it? Why, why say it is my question. I don't know. But, uh, but it, another thing that that kind of fucks over too is potential of uh, the start of college basketball. College basketball normally starts around November 5th, 6th, uh, something like that. And uh, if they're talking about fall sports, that is, I know it's technically a winter sport, but it starts in the fall. So I don't know if that would get pushed back because that would be a dagger because uh, we already got our March Madness stolen from us. And, uh, and there's some really compelling matchups and I'll, I'll get to them in a little bit that, that have been scheduled for this year. Um, news wise. Um, we saw Tally tag of tag of Oa transfer out of Alabama. Everyone thought he was going to be going to Miami because his brother's going to be playing for the dolphins. Some people were mentioning potentially UCF or FIU. Um, some people were even mentioning Rutgers, but Ends up following Mike Loxley to College Park, Maryland, where Loxley has just put together an absolute monster recruiting class. And, you know, we've addressed this on a few other podcasts. Will that be enough? Because he's kind of been proven to be a bad coach, right? Not a successful coach, head coach. He might be a good coordinator. But, um, I mean, I think he's got a record of like six and 40 and he came to New Mexico after Rocky long had had a lot of success there. And he was just absolutely awful at New Mexico, New Mexico in the, you know, in the late eighties and nineties was a really good mid major Rocky long, Brian Erlacher was there, stony case. Um, and he came in and just, just shit the bed recruited. Well, shit the bed though, as a, as a, as a coach, in, in uh, Albuquerque. But then, you know, he goes to, to Bama and he, you know, he's a great recruiter, especially from the DC area where he's from. And then he gets this uh, Maryland job after the disaster that was there with Durkin and, uh, and Matt Canada and the, and, and uh, the player that passed away. Um, and, you know, everyone thought great hire cause you can recruit that area, but you still have to coach. We saw that last year. They had the 17th, Based on star, I think talent, because they have a lot of transfers and stuff. I think they had the seventeenth most talented roster based on uh, recruiting rankings last year. But they were like, I'm talking about not not their recruiting class from a year ago. Based on their whole entire roster, they were the seventeenth, I think, most talented team in the country, according to you know some of these, some of these. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how necessarily they chart these things. I know Josh Jackson was at Virginia tech transferred in. I don't know how they did all this stuff. They had Ohio state transfers. They had a few other, but, but I can tell you that I, that I saw that multiple times. And I honestly, when you watch him, despite them getting their ass kicked in and going three and nine, I mean, McFarlane was a beast running back. I've been impressed with him for years. Jackson was a good quarterback at Virginia tech. He's a good quarterback at Maryland. You go, you know, position by position, you see a lot of talent everywhere, but yet 
and they started out two and zero. So that means they went. One, I mean, they beat Syracuse and uh, no Syracuse and Howard, and then I think their only other win after that might have been just Rutgers. But they looked really good the first two games, and then laid an egg the rest. I mean, and I when I say laid an egg, I'm talking about they lose by like 40, 50 points in a lot of ball games. So I still have a ton of, of uh, concern about him as a head coach. I, I you know, obviously I, I'm not a big fan of Scotty Montgomery at offensive coordinator. I didn't like him at Duke before he even went to East Carolina. Then at East Carolina, he pretty much destroyed the program. Um, so I'm I'm a skeptic of you know I know Tagliavoa goes to to Maryland. Sure, he's a t- he's probably really talented, but you're still gonna have to win these games, and you're in a division with. Just check out the division right here. Let's go one by one, right? Ohio State. Okay, they're the blue blood of college football. Them, Alabama, Clemson, um, really the top three, I would say. Um, they're not going anywhere. They're the only they're the only Power Five school in the state of Ohio, and that sells itself. Um, then you go Michigan with Harbaugh. If anything. I mean, Michigan's still going to be a very good team, but if anything in in the next, in the coming years, I think there's only an upside. I don't think it, I don't think Harbaugh's going to go five and seven. I think there will, there'll always be a bull team. And if, and if anything, if he leaves in the next year or so, I think that the the potential can go higher. So there's that then Penn state. I think Penn state is always going to be better than Maryland for the most part. I think, you know, Franklin's doing a great job. There, I think he's a great coach, and I expect him to uh, to keep doing what he's doing. If not, even maybe they'll have a year where they dip and a year where they're they're higher. But they'll always be a bull team, always be uh, in, in competition for uh, that that uh, that side of the division's crowd. And then you have uh, Michigan State with Mel Tucker now. Mel Tucker, kind of like Loxley, I feel like his recruiting will will, will pick up, but. I've yet to see if he can coach or not. He was five and seven at Colorado. I was not really uh, in favor of the hire at Colorado. Now I know. Yeah, I was bitter that he left after a year, but I mean, if you go back two years ago in the college experience, I was, I thought there was better hires there than what we did. I've never been a big fan of chasing the assistant. I mean, I know it works out sometimes, but, and then after his first year, he did, uh, I mean, he started out three and zero, ended up five and seven. I know he started out two and one, ended up five and seven. But I mean, losses to Air Force. I know Air Force was good last year, but he was not very impressive to me. I mean, he wasn't horrible, but he wasn't very. He didn't stand out to me as very impressive either. So I don't know the fate of that program. That's one where I'm going to put a question mark. But you would think, recruiting wise, he might bring in more talent, potential upside. But I think D'Antonio probably a better coach. Then Mel Tucker, but then you go to Rutgers. I'm sorry. No, let's go. Indiana, Indiana coming off eight wins. I like what Indiana's doing. I mean, to win eight game shit. They haven't won eight games in a while at Indiana. Now I would expect them to dip, especially because their offensive coordinator is now the head coach of Fresno state. But, um, I still think they are doing okay. They're ahead of Maryland to me, despite not having the talent that Maryland has. So clearly the coaching is ahead of, of, of Maryland's. Um, obviously I think they'll dip though. I don't think they're going to win eight games every year. So let's say that that one's on the, on the way down a little bit. 
Uh, Rutgers, I think is going way up. Shiano's proven he's done it before. Now I know he's, he's never done it in the big 10 where you're going to have to play all these good teams, but he's already recruiting better. Give him a couple years. Um, I trust him more than I do Loxley. So then it leaves Maryland. Maryland might have more talent than Rutgers, Indiana, and even Michigan at some point, maybe they might have more talent than Michigan, but I don't trust the coaching to get them past that point. So it, it should be interesting to see how it shakes out. I would love to see Maryland come up. Remember they had bear Bryant back in the day. They won national championships. Um, I would love to see them come up that, that area. You know, me, Patty C talks about it all the time. He's from that area. I'm from that area. And there's a ton of talent from that area, basketball and football wise. But until I see it, I don't believe it as far as uh, Loxley coaching. So I'll leave it with that. Um, other news on transfers, Boise state safety, Deandre Pierce transfers. He was, this guy was a starter transfers to Arizona state. Um, Arizona state making their, making their push, man, making their push to win the South. I think this is the year, you know, who knows what happens with the PAC 12 and, and, and what happens with the college football season. But, um, I think USC is, is probably the favorite to me to win the South Utah's rebuilding, but Whittingham's a great coach. So it wouldn't shock me if they were right there, but I would tend to bet either USC or Arizona States coming out of there this year. I don't think that's a crazy uh, statement that I'm making, but Arizona state, you know, they got this stud quarterback, Jalen Daniels, wait, Jalen Daniels. Is that it? Jaden Daniels, right? I can't remember his name right now. The hell's his name? He's a beast. Um, Jaden Daniels, I think. Why does that sound? Let me just let me just fact check myself here. Yeah, Jaden Daniels. I'm right. Um, he had a great freshman year. I was really impressed by this kid. I think he's going to be good in the NFL. Um, so he's got two more years. In this two-year stretch, Herm Edwards. Not exactly uh, a young coach. I think Herm is probably like 70 years old. Let, let me check that while we're here. Herm Edwards is. Where are we at? 66. So figure what? Five, six, seven years. He's 66, but that dude, that dude stays in shape. Anyway, my, my argument I'm making here is they have like a two or three year window to really I think capitalize and, and, and get a PAC 12 title or a PAC 12 South title. And I think this year might be their best chance. It helps when you get this safety Deandre Pierce coming in. I mean, he was good at Boise. Another transfer that I think could really be good is, uh, uh, Thompson, the, the quarterback from Mississippi state. Uh, what's it? Is it Keaton Keaton Thompson? I believe Keaton Thompson from Mississippi state. Uh, transfers to Virginia. Now that one is a great, that's, that's what Bronco Mendenhall does. If you follow Bronco Mendenhall's career, he never really has awful quarterback play. He's a very good quarterback coach. I feel like him and, and whatever, whoever, whoever else he has on his staffs. You saw that when they, they got the Arizona state transfer last year or two years ago, but um, even back to the BYU days, he always had good transfer or good transfer, good quarterbacks not good transfer quarterbacks, good quarterback play. And I expect Thompson to fit right in. He's mobile. 
Um, I think that's what Mendenhall wants is a quarterback that can do both. And I expect Virginia to be a contender in the coastal. This helps them a lot. Obviously in the coastal, you're going to say, well, North Carolina probably stands out. I know everyone's saying Miami's back, but I, I refuse to believe that until I see it. I've been hearing that about Miami for 20 years, 20 years. Um, I saw Georgia tech's recruiting better. I think they're a team to watch in the next couple of years, but really, um, I think coming into this year, the coastal, but I had to give out a couple teams. I know Duke's bringing in the Clemson transfer, a quarterback, but I would say Virginia will be right back there. They'll be at the, somewhere in that, in that top three or four. They'll have a key game late in the year that could, could get them in the first place in the coastal. Um, North Carolina state, obviously they're recruiting absolutely amazing. I mean, they're, they're how's that quarterback. He's back. I love the offensive coordinator Longo. I like the defensive coordinator. That guy came over from army. Um, so I really like what Mac Brown's doing there. And I think if I had a bet coming into this year, I would say they would be the favorites to win the coastal. But I think Virginia, Virginia Tech right there, Virginia Tech returning a ton of starters. And then the the wild card here is Pitt. I think Pitt's going to have a really good defense this year. If they're if they can just get some some solid quarterback play. It's been inconsistent over the past couple of years. I can see Pitt being a, a a thorn in the sides of uh Virginia, Virginia Tech and North Carolina. So, you know, Keep that in mind, but yeah, North North Carolina recruiting. I think right now they're currently the number three class in the country. They just got hopped. They were number two. Ohio State's one currently. Tennessee just hopped North Carolina, and um, I saw Oklahoma just just did some nice recruiting too. But uh, Tennessee, North Carolina, and then obviously I think Maryland's in the top like twenty. I mean, this is crazy. Like when you think about it. First off, I truly believe that all three of these universities are paying people, but. Hey, it's going on all over the, all, I mean, I think it goes on a lot. I know uh, we had our co- uh, our guy, Mike Leach on the show uh, about a year ago. And he was saying, it's not as many as you think. He was saying probably only a handful to two handfuls full of teams. And I, and I, you know, he's probably right. He knows the game better than I do, but I would say, I would say somewhere between like 10, 12, 14 teams. And they're normally the ones that are pretty much at the top. But uh, I mean, what would make you think? I mean, Tennessee just got linebacker, five-star linebacker, Terrence Lewis. Um, one of the top players in the country to go to Tennessee. And he's from the state of Alabama. I just have a hard time believing that he doesn't want to go to Alabama or Auburn. And Tennessee can steal him without giving him a bag of cash. I have a hard time buying that. Just like, I'll be honest. I mean, I've said this for a long time. Kids in California recently have been getting just raided by the, the Southeast, not necessarily the Southeastern conference. Some of them have been going to uh, Clemson and, uh, and, and uh, what Florida state's been, been stealing them some uh, over the past like 10 years, 15 years. So I just have a hard time buying that without, without a bag of cash. Maybe if you were in Miami and you were doing it, because I could see the appeal of Miami. But if you're a kid growing up in LA, you're telling me you're going to get sold on going to Ole Miss 
That's not a shot at you, old Miss. I'm just saying it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and it makes me think there's a gigantic bag of cash that is helping them make that decision. Because USC has put more pros in the NFL than any school in the nation. That's a fact. So, um, yeah, uh, Tennessee. But I, I'll tell you this, man. Even though, even though we have this happening all across the college football landscape right now, with the, with these three schools really coming out of nowhere, with Tennessee, North Carolina, Maryland really recruiting at a really high level, I, you know, if people are paying players, which I tend to think so. I'm not mad at this. I want difference. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think one of the biggest problems, and, and I know I'm probably deep beating a dead horse here is that college football has, you know, I still love it and I'll always love it. I think despite, I think it's gotten a lot worse over the past 20 or 30 years. The money behind it has really changed uh, for the worse. In my opinion, I know I'm the old man saying that, but it, you know, it's not a good thing. I think college basketball had this problem at one point, 20, 20 years ago or so, 25 years ago, is that you knew the four teams that would be in the, you know, the final four or the playoff um, coming into it this season. One of the reasons I think the NBA is really flawed right now is you pretty much can guess the finals. I mean, I guess the Raptors were surprised, but prior to that, for the past like decade, I feel like we kind of, knew who would be in the finals or at least who would be in the final four of, of, of the NBA's final four, even though they don't, they don't have a self-titled final four, but the Eastern conference championship and the Western conference championship, that's a big problem. I don't think that's good for the sport. And then, I mean, with college football, even more dangerous with that is it's so regionalized currently that uh, I think it's scary for the future. And I already have questions and you know, some of that, it might be the way of the future. It might truly be the way of the future just because for some reason in this country, I feel like there's a war on football. I'm going to get all Larry Fedora on you. And I do see it. uh, In effect, I think when I go cross country, I travel a lot and I don't think it's uh, as important as it was at certain times in certain States in this country. But I still think, you know, if you're a big time program, look at Oregon, they recruit, I mean, they got to be giving away bags of cash too, right? They're, they're, they're landing recruits from all over the country. Oregon's a beautiful state. I understand that a tiny bit more than something else, you know, than, 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 you know, going to, uh, you know, I don't know, some random small city, but I mean, even Eugene's kind of small. So uh, yeah, it's pretty much on the same levels, like an old miss to me, but, um, yeah, still it, it's, it's a scary thing, but, um, Hopefully we can get ourselves out of this as the playoff. Like I said, if, if, if we get that, if 88% of ADs are, are for expanding the playoffs, once we get through this COVID nonsense and once that deal is done, um, then I think that that gives more help from a, uh, from a countrywide college football point of view, kids that perhaps are in certain States where they're like, well, why would I go there? There's no chance of us making the playoffs. I think that changes things. That's a more of an equalizer, which is, makes the sport better. It's better for everybody. That's why college basketball is so great. I've made this point a million times. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Um, but yeah, I'm bummed about that. No Ohio state at Oregon, probably. And no, uh, North Dakota state at Oregon. I was excited to see this kid trade Lance, man. I've been reading some, uh, I got into it with some Minnesota golden gopher fans. 
that thought because it always impresses me that people think like, oh, because you, you, you're an FCS player. You can't you can't play at an elite level. I got into an argument. I mean, I I was on a show once as a guest and the the host of the show was saying that, well, you know, you can't be that. Look, you got to draft the big name college. And I'm like, what? You draft the player that you think is best based on, on, on your scouting. I mean, we could go there and say, no, no, sure. Percentage wise, you're probably, you're probably right because there's so many more players entering from division one schools and stuff, but don't get it twisted, man. They're some of the best hall of famers, best players that's ever played in the NFL are from division one, division two. I mean, division or FCS or division two or division three schools. It happens. Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, Steve McNair, Joe Flacco, Phil Sims, Tony Romo, uh, Ben Coates, Shannon Sharp. I could go on and on and on. Greg Lloyd. Uh, Daryl Green. I mean, you could just, so I think people make too much of it. And Carson Wentz. I mean, shit, he was the, the, what the second pick of the draft. So Trey Lance getting all this hype already. I know Mel Kuyper says he's got potential to be depending on how his season unfolds. Um, the top pick in the NFL draft next year, he said between him, Trevor Lawrence and, uh, fields from Ohio state, those three should go at least in the top 10, but Potential to go number one, depending on the team the team needs and how the season plays out. If there is a season, which I think there is, and hopefully there is, but um, Trey Lance uh, didn't throw an interception all last year, guys, in North Dakota State. I don't care what level of football you're on. That's amazing. Um, I was reading one scouting report saying in the playoffs, his percentage went down some completion percentage. That's a concern. But if, for as a kid, that's a freshman. Now, granted, he was a redshirt freshman. That's still really, really, really impressive. I wanted to see him against Oregon, see how he fared against, you know, a really good defense. So that sucks that that's not going to happen. Also, I saw Oklahoma landed the top wideout recruit in the nation in Caleb Williams. That's a big get for Oklahoma because they were struggling a little bit on that recruiting trail. I think they got a four-star too. They, in the past week, they've picked it up some. And same with TCU landed a five-star running back. So uh, Big 12 kind of making a little bit of a push because normally it's just been dominated by Clemson and the SEC and Ohio State. Um, so that going on, let me just let me just read some ads for you. Look, I don't know what's going on. I don't know whether you're down on your luck or you're just down because you're stuck. Find relief with my bookie. There's never a quarantine on fun over at my bookie. Earnings from MMA and simulated sports not coming in quick enough? Try your hand at the MyBookie Casino with an instant access of, or with instant access of hundreds of classic slots and table games, new blackjack tournaments starting every week, offering opportunities to enter free and score a portion of the huge jackpots. Stay safe and stay sane from the comfort of your own home. Sign up right now. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code SGP, and they'll match your deposit halfway, all the way up to a thousand dollars. If you put a hundred dollars down, they'll spot you fifty bucks. That's what that means. So basically, you're getting free money just to play with mybookie. You play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. Check it out. Loving this Madden Mayhem stuff. It's keeping me sane. Keeping me sane. I was a skeptic coming into announcing any of this shit. I'll be honest. I was like, a virtual game against a virtual game. I, 
what? What? Kudos to to Sean and Ryan and 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 whoever else was behind that because I think, I mean, I was down to do it just because I had nothing else going on. I mean, really, that's this thing is helping me. It's help. Madden Mayhem is fucking helping me, man. I was supposed to be in Spain or Portugal right now. Fuck. Um, what other things I want to touch on? I saw some NFL news. Well, first off, you guys remember that James Harrison hit he had, he got in trouble for against the Bengals. I know Harrison's probably involved with like 10 of them, but there was one against the Bengals. I saw Harrison on a podcast said, and I thought, I thought Harrison got a, got a, I thought that was bullshit personally that, that, uh, that he got in trouble for that hit. I thought the NFL was overreacting, but I was glad to see Harrison on a podcast say that Mike Tomlin basically gave him an envelope full of, well, he hinted at this, gave him an envelope as a thank you. So what I'm taking from this is that he got a, a check, a bunch of, a bunch of cash for, for all that money that the NFL took away from him, which makes me happy because that shouldn't happen. Uh, another stat that just killed me the other day that I was reading was Tim Tebow, the only Broncos quarterback ever to get drafted by the Broncos to win a playoff game. Wow. People forget Elway was drafted by the Baltimore Colts. But still, I mean, they had some other quarterbacks they drafted over the, the long career of the long history of the Denver Broncos. Tommy Maddox was like a top pick. Uh, kid from Memphis. I'm struggling to think of his name. They had Orsweiler. Remember him? I can't believe Tebow has their only win. That's fucking hilarious. Did they draft greasy? I think they might've drafted greasy too. He didn't want a playoff game. Mm. Pretty amazing stat. NFL. I hope is starting on time. Uh, I think, I think we're all hoping for that. Um, I'm so eager to see Jalen hurts in preseason with the Eagles. I'm still, I'm still a full on believer. I mean, I know I, there's no reason why my opinion should change from, from draft to now, but still I'm sports deprived. I want to, I want to see this kid play. I think he's going to be good. I read another thing also that, that stood out to me that I noted was chase. Daniel has thrown for 218 passing attempts in his career. He's had 200, not thrown. He's, yeah, I guess thrown 218 pass attempts his whole career. He's made $34.3 million. Wow. Tell me that's not amazing. Tell me that's not absolutely amazing. Look, we recently had former Pro Bowl quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals and, and, and East Carolina pirate Jeff Blake on the podcast. We had Joe Theismann on the podcast. Those guys never made money like that. That's wild. Chase Daniel. And those guys were much, 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 much better than Chase Daniel. And that's not a shot at Chase Daniel. I like Chase Daniel. But, man, it matters. A lot of that shit is luck. It's like the Bradford contract. A lot of it is just straight up luck. When you come in the league, what teams you play for, what contract you can get at that time, everything changes. Life is change. (laughs) Oh, man. Tough doing these solo ones. I feel like I'm just rambling. Hmm. Um, I want to talk college basketball and stuff, man. But you know what I want to get to though is the NBA's ESPN top 100 players. I'm gonna to try to pull that up right now for NBA. I mean, this list was so bad. 
I mean, I feel pretty strongly about how bad this list was. I think I got top 74 players. Have they not released the final? Let me see. I mean, I'll just go through the ranks here. Come on, man. My, 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 dude, my computer is fucking slow. Come the fuck on. That 5G world, man. I'm into those conspiracies. Oh, my God. Well, first off, Shaq over Olajuwon is absolutely fucking hilarious to me. You know my opinion on that. Another thing is, though, before I dive into the rest, is like, man, I've been, I've been studying a lot of film. I've been bored, right? I'm watching tons of old games, football, basketball. I've been going, it depends on the week, which games we've been going through. But um, I've been going recently through a lot of NBA because Patty C is making this ridiculous ass argument. And I mean, I've been studying a lot of, I mean, dude, I could put I, on my phone. This is how much of a nerd I am. I probably have like 200 edited clips of, I went through game by game on what stood out to me. Now, sure. It's only been about five or six games right now for the Spurs. I've covered three or four Utah jazz games and three or four Houston Rockets games. And uh, two Indiana Pacer and one Orlando Magic game right now from the 90s. But maybe my opinion of Robinson was too good. Because when I watched the tape, I went through 91. I went through 92, 93 in the playoffs, he was injured. And I went through 94. I, I, if anything, my opinion, in my memory, I thought he was better. Because I saw... Some lazy play, an offensive liability in a way, Un- uncomfortable. I know he puts up 29 a game. How can he be an offensive liability? Well, that was the regular season, but in the playoffs, I can tell you this. He never looks comfortable in the post. Never looks comfortable in the post. I mean, he scores all of his buckets, like slashing great in transition, good defender, but kind of, kind of a, 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 a an enigma on offense, like a weird I couldn't really put my finger on it. I was trying to text Patty, see this shit. He's studying for stuff. And I'm like, dude, like I'm not trying to be a dick because I know it's your boy, but like his game kind of reminds me of like a very good version of Marcus Camby's because you get it to him in the post every once in a while. He'll make like a post hook that makes you think, Oh, he can do that. But then when they go to him again and again and again, he's not doing that. And he looks unorthodox. From my experience. Now, I will say the 10-footer, 8-footer, 10-footer, he had that pretty much down. I'll give him credit on that all day. But, man, in the post, or just offensively, going to him for big buckets. Um, Worse than I remember. Because in my head, I was thinking, oh, I remember him averaging 29 a game and stuff like that. But, yeah, he gets a lot of that on, like, slashing to the, to, to the bucket on a putback or on a fast break dunk or an offensive rebound put back. And it's just really, I think I, I think I would switch and put probably put Ewing over him now and maybe even morning. The only thing is Robinson from an athletic standpoint, defensively was really good, better than Ewing, but Ewing was a guy you could count on for a bucket. 
possession, you know, each every possession almost. You know, it's like, oh, we go into him, we're gonna have a high chance of scoring. With Robinson, I don't feel like that was the the at least up to ninety four. I'm gonna dive into ninety four this or ninety five this next week, and maybe uh, ninety six and 90, uh, one of those years he's out for the year ninety six, I think. And so I'm gonna dive into ninety seven, but he's got Tim Duncan there in ninety seven. So the best defenders guarding Duncan, they're not, or the best big man defenders guarding Duncan, not Robinson. But uh, yeah, I, I I've lost, uh, I, and I'm not saying that because it's like me and Pat were arguing that. It's because I've been sitting there watching film and I'm bre- breaking it down. I have so much film to show him. He got sick of me showing him film because he had shit to do. <laughs> um, but I've been going back. Another thing is I think I'm dead accurate on Malone. I think I'm fucking dead accurate on Malone. I watched the game against the Spurs game one of 94 Malone gets like 36 points or 34 points and like 16 boards, but he scored two points, two points. The entire game. I have every single one of them. I've edited all this shit. He only has two points contested out of the 36. The rest are wide open looks from pick and roll action. Fucking unbelievable. I mean, granted Malone was automatic. From like, I mean, he shot it. I feel like during that game, like eighty percent from like fourteen feet out, which is incredible. But you can't tell me I'm not wrong about him being a systems guy, because without that pick and roll, a couple times, you know, he did have Rodman guarding him, and when he had he had Robinson guarding a majority of the game, but then he also had Rodman, and he also had uh, Terry Cummings guarding him some. But he struggled, man. And anytime he was contested, he. He didn't really, I think, he, like I said, one bucket, and that was on Antoine Carr with like five minutes left when they were down by 20. So, uh, I'm dead, dead, at, and Stockton was horrible that game. I know Stockton's better than, than represented in that game, but he was horrible in that game. Um, makes me believe I was pretty accurate. Now, I will say this I think Malone is a better defender than I gave him credit for in that, uh, he gave David Robinson, David Robinson had, problems posting up Carl Malone, which I don't understand. He's got a just gigantic height advantage, length advantage with his wingspan. I don't understand that. I lost a lot of respect for, uh, for Robinson in this so far in this series, because it was like, what are you doing, dude? Like just back him down and shoot. You're in the post. You're so much bigger than him, but Malone got quick hands though. He is a uh, stole the ball. And, and once again, I think Robinson just looked uncomfortable on offense. Just never looked like he was comfortable in the post. And that goes for 91 and 92 too. Made me think my Elijah one thing is, I mean, first off, I think everyone, I've never met anyone besides Patty C that's ever said that Robinson's better than Elijah one. But I'll tell you this after studying film for the past three weeks, man, I'm, I'm even more convinced. I think the gap is even further than it was prior to us doing that last episode. Um, Malone, though, I think I have Malone and Stockton pegged pretty pretty accurately, I feel like, from watching that. Now, Malone may be a little better defensively than I remembered. Um, And then, what else was I covering? Oh, let's go through these top these top players here. Um, First off, they have Matumbo as the 73rd best player in the NBA history. That's fucking absolutely ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous to me. I mean, I know he could block shots and board, but his career points per game is 9.8. His boards is only 10.3. 2.8 blocks is great. But he's not, he's not a top, he's not a top 75 player of all time. He's not, I mean, come on now. 
Stop. Stop fucking with me here. Uh, then you go down. Mm. I'm going to complain about some here. It's really, that's what this podcast is. Me fucking complaining, right? Um, I mean, Alonzo Mourning is 63rd. How is he not higher up? They're hating on Alonzo Mourning. The world is hating on Alonzo Mourning, man. Another thing that we never brought up, but like, I mean, I don't know. They have Dennis Rodman better than Alonzo Mourning. I want to flip this fucking table over right now. Dennis Rodman had the luxury of never needing to score because he was on teams with Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, and then, oh, Jordan Pippen, and then David Robinson. He never... If Dennis Rodman is drafted by, like, a, a fucking average team in the NBA at the time, yes, he would be in the NBA for a good amount of time, but he would not nearly be known as the 62nd best player in the NBA. He had the luxury of playing on teams that already had tons of scoring. I, I just refuse to believe that Dennis Rodman is better than Alonzo Mourning. Whoever these people that did this are fucking hacks, because that is unbelievable to me. Every general manager in the league would draft Alonzo Mourning over Dennis Rodman. Back then, every general manager. I think now. I still, still think right now. If you were to remove the names, have them both work out, they'd draft Alonzo Mourning over Dennis Rodman every fucking time. Silly. I mean, they got Robert Parrish better than Alonzo Mourning. I like Robert Parrish, but Alonzo Mourning is better than Robert Parrish. Um, just silly. Um, they got what Ginobili at 58. I like Ginobili. I mean, Drexler at 57. They don't have Clyde Drexler in the top 50 players of all time. That's just crazy. That's crazy to me. Ray Allen, 56. Vince Carter, 55. Vince Carter is not better than Clyde Drexler. Athletically, sure. But what have you done for me? What have you done for me? I'll take Drexler all day. Uh, Pierce, Gary Payton at 53. <laughs> You're telling me. This is where it's going to get silly. Gary Payton at 53. McGrady at 52. My problem with McGrady is he, he didn't play long enough, man, but he was a beast. Um, Worthy at 51. I was watching some film the other day. James Worthy could ball. Uh, Miller, Reggie Miller. So they have Reggie Miller better than Clyde Drexler. I would never agree to that. Reggie Miller was a very skilled clutch player, but he was also not nearly the defender Clyde Drexler was, and also very one-dimensional. He couldn't create his own shot. He had to come off like 30 picks. Crazy. Crazy to me. I mean, I'll take Vince Carr. I mean, who, wait, who? they have Ray Allen? I guess Ray Allen and Reggie Miller are similar. I'd still rather have Ray Allen than Reggie Miller. Um, I just, I mean, these are just, it's just a really bad list, I feel like. It's a really awful list. Gary Payton, 53rd. Let's see who they have ahead of Gary Payton. They have Dominique, 46. I love Dominique Wilkins, but he was a horrible fucking defender. But I love Dominique Wilkins, but he's not better than Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler deserves to be on this list more than Dominique Wilkins. Um, Anthony Davis at 45. This dude, has he even played a healthy season yet? 
the fuck out of here with this shit. He's really skilled. Give him, give me five more years of Anthony Davis and give him. I'm not ready to say he's a top 50 player all the time yet. He's very skilled. Scored 50 points in a game with. Wow. So did Tracy Murray. Um, Westbrook 42. That's, I mean, I guess I can't knock that. Not my type of player, but can't knock that. I like his effort. Um, where am I at here? Bob Cousy, 41. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it's just a silly list though. Let's see. Let's see who they, I mean, Gary Payton is better than a lot of point guards that I would imagine that they have up in this 40 to 11 range. And once again, my computer's taking forever. So I want to tell you guys that the college experience is brought to you by Madden Mayhem. We're giving away $10,000 in my bookie credits for the best brackets. If your bracket is busted, there's a second chance bracket for the sweet 16, which started uh, Thursday. So I guess that might be out, but you can bet on all the games, including live wagering prop bets, futures, and much more all at mybookie.ag. Games are airing Thursday through Sunday night to five o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock East. And then the second game normally tips off at seven o'clock uh, Pacific, 10 PM uh, East. Go to sportsgamingpodcast.com backslash Madden for all the details. Once again, that's sportsgamingpodcast.com backslash Madden for all the details. All right, here's where it's going to get silly. Here's where it's really going to... Hey, Chris Paul at 40. I think Paul probably should be a little higher. Much as I don't like his whining. Um... Okay, I got all these people. Ewing at 37. How is Ewing not higher? He should be higher. McHale at 36. I think Ewing is better than McHale, and I like Kevin McHale. Jason Kidd at 35. I love Jason Kidd's game. Um, but, I mean, look, Jason Kidd and Peyton both won championships. Both went to the finals multiple times. And then you get to... This is why this is the worst shit ever. But by the way, Harden at 32. I mean, it's hard in stat line. It's hard to not have him there, despite me not being the biggest fan. And 31, Isaiah Thomas. I think he should be much, much higher. I believe a lot of this is a smear campaign based off that shit Jordan documentary. Thir- okay, here's the most ridiculous. Steve Nash at 30. <laughs> uh, we, I was looking at a stat of the worst defensive players since like 1990, I think it was. And, and they rate this based off of, you know, buckets that they, that when they're manning this up or manning, manning up that defender, Steve Nash, I think rated in the top 10 worst defensive players of all time since, or not, not all time since the ni- 1990, I think. But I think if you rate it all time, I think he finishes in the top 50. You can never convince me that's st- like, this is the biggest slap in the face. Steve Nash better than Isaiah Thomas is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Sports wise. That's it. I mean, that's as bad as it fucking gets. Jason Kidd is a lot better than Steve Nash. Gary Payton's better than Steve Nash. Chris Paul. I wouldn't even put Steve Nash even in his best year. I know he won league MVP, but I actually think that was a David Stern thing trying to get white guys, you know, the MVP or something. I don't know, but I, I Stern always had these dumbass things. MVPs bullshit award in the NBA. 
Michael Jordan almost won an MVP or he was a nominee. He was like top five or something, top 10. And he played three games one year, three fucking games. That's just silly. Absolutely silly. So Steve Nash though, was a defensive liability. And if you truly value most valuable player is what the way I think of it is who would they draft first? Right. Even during Steve Nash's MVP years, I don't think he would be drafted in the top 20 NBA players. If you were to just take all the players off the board and a new league started and they went player by player, Steve Nash would never have been a top 20 pick at any point in his career. In my opinion, any point in his career, I stand by that, but, but I can tell you this. I don't know in what world like Isaiah Thomas, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul, Gary Payton, all better than Steve Nash, but Isaiah Thomas was unbelievable. He is just on another fucking planet than Steve Nash. Same with Jason Kidd, man. Same with Chris Paul. Same with Gary Payton. Like the, 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 the it's just such a bad job of rate. Like, do they even watch the film? Do they go and like, who the fuck are these people? 30th best player all the time. I wouldn't put Steve Nash in my top hundred. They have Stockton at 28. So it's that close. The fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Gianna says the 27th best player of all time. I'm not ready to go there yet, but he's probably going to end up there. Might end up a lot higher. Actually Wade at 26. He might need to be higher for me too. Hawaii at 25. Mm. Robinson at 24. Um, Barkley at 23. Barkley's definitely better than Robinson. I just watched both of them play each other a couple times. Barkley should be much higher than Robinson. Um, okay. Here's the other ridiculous one. Pippen at 21. I'm sorry. Scotty Pippen, great defender. Won a lot of championships. Also was a fucking asshole, but I'm not going to go in the game. Pippen is not the 21st best. Like that's just, it's almost like they're doing this for marketing because for that documentary. I mean, you're telling me Scotty Pippen's better than Charles Barkley. Get the fuck out of here. Get the absolute fuck out of here. Pippen without Jordan. Tell me what he would do. Put him on that 93 Suns team. What would they do? They're not going to the finals. Get the fuck out of here. That's just silly. Absolutely silly to have him 21st. So they have him way better than Clyde. It's just, I'm not saying he, he's definitely top a hundred, but I'm saying 20, 21st is just absurd. It's just nonsense. Complete utter nonsense. Um, KG 20 Nowitzki at 19. Um, I did like to see them give some love to Moses Malone. Cause I think he's criminally, un- criminally underrated Moses Malone at 18. Played for a lot of teams, but he was a beast. Carl Malone at 17. See, I think Moses is better than Carl. And yeah, I know Carl's stats are unbelievable. So there's, you can't knock that, but I truly, you know, we went through this system guy, in my opinion, not as good as the numbers make him out to be Uh, 16, Jerry West, 15, Dr. J and uh, 14 Durant, 13, Steph Curry. They have Steph better than Durant. Which I think I might go on board with. I don't know. I know that uh, people were arguing that. Um, Elajuan twelve, which is Elajuan is better than Shaq. Shaq even says it. There's like twenty videos. That's another thing. Tune into Shaq. I gotta put. I should put these up on Instagram because Shaq 
Jordan, uh, Gary Payton, who played with Shaq in Miami and LA. I'll say Olajuwon's better. I think Mario Ellie and Robert Ori played both with Robinson and Olajuwon, and they have videos saying Olajuwon's the best center from that from the their their basketball days. By far the best center. Do I what else do I need to do, huh? Anyway, uh, the rest Oscar Robinson at eleven. It's a lot of bullshit. This list is bullshit. Let's just say that. Um, college basketball wise. How about the, I'm excited to see Oklahoma state Cade Cunningham top recruit in the nation going to Oklahoma state and Stillwater. That's going to be fun to watch. I was, I mean, I was pissed off to see that the ACC said they will not start the season with conference games. That means Bayheim probably won that argument. Why though? I don't like playing a conference game to start the season. My team's not ready. Well, fucking come on. They, the other team's got to, it's still fair. The other team's got to do the same thing. Look, we are the viewers here. Reward us. We don't want to watch Sonoma state at Syracuse game one. You jackass. I hate that, man. I thought that college basketball was oh, coach K had said like, we we're giving away the month of November last year. They did a great job scheduling big time matchups in November. But no, Bayheim's mad, and I guess the ACC perhaps listened. Just nonsense. Um, I have some more college basketball stuff I want to say, but I want to say uh, the college experience is brought to you by Ace Per Head. You ever thought about starting your own sports book but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Once again, that's aceperhead.com backslash SGP. Um, yeah, college basketball, man. We got uh, some, some, some really good stuff going on here with, uh, well, first off, man, what the hell is happening at Georgetown? Matt McClung with, withdrew his name from the NBA draft because I didn't think he was ready for the NBA, but he clearly came to that that as well. And uh, he's transferring from from Georgetown. Even like was his statement was like, I cannot judging by what happened last year. I cannot go back there. Makes me wonder what the hell is happening at Georgetown. They had like three or four players quit the team transfer out in the, in like the first month when they were still like winning. I don't know what Pat Ewing is doing there. I want to see him succeed, but man, something smells and in, in, in DC there because they've had a lot of, players transfer the fuck out. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I've seen, uh, on a, I've seen North Carolina and Virginia interested, man. If they, if, if either one gets him, that's going to be a big time get, he can, he can score. He can play. Um, I know the whole Zion thing. He got money. His, uh, former marketing agent says he got money from Nike, Adidas and Duke. I wasn't really surprised by that. I know a lot of people think coach K had something to do with that. I probably doubt that Duke has a bunch of rich boosters. Wouldn't surprise me if one of them just said, Hey, Here's 50 G's come to Duke. But what, what do I know? Um, I'm excited about some of these matchups though, man. The, uh, there's a, the, this tournament going on in, in Atlanta for college basketball. That's going to start off with, uh, Auburn versus Memphis, Dayton versus Mississippi state, Alabama versus Clemson, LSU versus South Florida. And then, you know, all those teams are in it. So 
they're going to play each other. Whoever wins those matchups, I think that's good. There's one in uh, Madison Square Garden, Tennessee versus Gonzaga and, and Villanova versus Virginia, and the winner plays each other. That's exciting. Then you got the uh, the John Wooden Classic in Anaheim, which I, if all, if everything goes you know well, I will be at this with Kansas, Virginia, UCLA, and Georgetown. I will be there to check those games out if uh, if this virus doesn't fuck us up. Um, what else did I want to say? You got the Wake Forest kid, Oliver Sarr, transfers to Kentucky after Danny Manning gets fired, and they grab the East Tennessee State head coach. That's a big get for Calipari. Veteran leadership is huge, especially because his teams normally have zero veteran leadership. So uh, that's that's very big. Um, and then before I get out of here, I'm going to tell you guys that, uh, well, first off, uh, anyone catch that Andre Dawson article about how he's dealing with COVID virus? Andre Dawson, former baseball player for the... I think his best years came for the Montreal Expos and the Chicago Cubs, but I was fascinated by this story. Uh, he is a mortician. <laughs> He's after 20 years in baseball, he lives in Florida and he's a mortician at, uh, you know, so I'm like, you know, I see this headline dealing with COVID and I'm like, what the fuck is this? He's got COVID. I click on it. And this guy runs a funeral parlor. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and the best part about the argue or the article is he's like, I stumbled up into this. How the fuck do you stumble into running a funeral home? Being a mortician. Embalming bodies. That's fucking creepy. How do you... I. How are you not? I feel like your average person that runs those things is like, that's not, that's family oriented. You got over death at a low, at a young age and you're just in that line of work and you make good money. Cause there is good money in death, which is crazy. But Andre Dawson, you were like a fucking great baseball player. You don't even, you really need the cash. I'm so confused by that story. I'm actually compelled to, uh, I might even reach out. I've been reaching out to a, a bunch of uh, guests lately on the main feed sports gambling podcast feed. Uh, you know, we had Nick Rolovich, former Hawaii quarterback, Hawaii coach, uh, and Washington state coach. Yeah. Joe Theismann and uh, Steve Lavin, former UCLA coach and, uh, Jeff Blake, Hal mummy. Uh, we got a few more guests lined up, but we've really, uh, I've, I've been reaching out to a lot of people trying to get him on the show. I need to, I need to reach out to Andre Dawson because this shit is crazy to me. It's creepy. It's fucking creepy to me. I mean, what? <laughs> don't you picture like an average, like a, a Andre Dawson was an awesome baseball player. I picture like you, you have a baseball career. I know you still got to create income, but baseball also has a longer career than, than if you're that good, it's longer than like basketball and football, in my opinion. Um, so dude probably played like 20 years in the league. I'm just guessing because I'm not digging up his stats right now. Cause I don't give enough. I don't care enough, but I would just think like, why not go be like a scout? Or somewhere you live in fucking Florida, Key West. You drive up, you fly up to like Orlando and scout spring training. Something like that. Live in Arizona, live in California, warm climate, warm climate. And then you just go through and, and, and scout or something like that, man, anything. 
anything, coach a minor league baseball team. I, I don't know, like something fucking running a running a morgue is just, or not, I guess it, yeah, I'm running a morgue or running a funeral home just is the last thing I would think I'd want to do with my, after I've played professional sports for, you know, at least a decade, that's gotta be the last thing on your fucking list to do. No one stumbles into that fucking job, Andre. I got to get him on the show because that, that statement alone, I stumbled into it. (laughs) Yeah. How the fuck do you stumble into that job? That's what I want to know. Um, that headline fucking hilarious. Um, Rams released new uniforms. I think they're kind of silly. Eric Dickerson has been shitting on them. He's been shitting on the new logo and the new uniforms. It's been absolutely hilarious. I'm curious your guys thoughts. Tweet me at the Colby D. Let me know what you think of those uniforms. Um, yeah, I just think they're pretty trash. They look just like the chargers. Can the chargers just move to Portland already? We just say that chargers need to be out of LA. I like the Chargers. I, I, I wish they were in San Diego still. They fit in San Diego, but I also think they fit in Portland. Maybe even, I think Portland. I was going to say maybe Salt Lake City, but I can tell you this with the name Charger, Oklahoma City. I wouldn't be mad at that. They got good basketball fans. The, the name fits weather, just like the thunder. And, the, and the, you know, if you've been to Oklahoma, they get these crazy thunderstorms, just like Texas and, and all the, a bunch of the Midwest states. So it fits. But get them out of LA. They don't sell. No one gives a shit. People care about the Rams and that's only a little bit. So why even have like, I don't know. It's just a fucking messy thing. It makes no sense. I liked him in San Diego though. I do think San Diego should have a team. They should have a team, but if you're going to move the chargers and you're clearly not going to go back to San Diego, that, that was a messy, messy, uh, divorce there. So I would say Portland, they got a lot of rain. Makes sense. Your name's charger. You got a lightning bolt, even though I don't think lightning hits, Oregon nearly as much as it does like Oklahoma or Texas. I get it. It could still work there without changing your name. I also think Salt Lake city, maybe Texas, San Antonio, you know, like they had a great AAF turnout. You put charges in San Antonio. Maybe that hits. I think I'd rather see it in Oklahoma city personally though. San Antonio to play that dome. That's just horrible. Put them outside in Oklahoma, something like that. Guys, I know this is a, just was kind of all over the place this episode, but that's what it was. I had to do it on the fly. Just to create some content, give you guys some entertainment. Hopefully you were entertained despite me rambling nonsense and gibberish for, for a long time. Um, my name is Colby. Dent. You can follow me on Twitter at the Colby D. We are the college experience. If you could tell a friend, I'd appreciate it. We're trying to trying to make this show better for you. Any ideas? feel free to tweet them at me or direct message me on Twitter, whatever you want to do. Instagram, whatever. I'm at the Colby D on Instagram too. I want you to check out the sports gambling podcast on Instagram. I I put a lot of work into that thing. I, I try to make it hilarious. Um, I hope, I hope you dig it. If you get the chance to check it out and uh, yeah, Madden mayhem tune in. Hopefully we got college football coming around the corner. Um, and yeah. This is the college experience. If you can leave us an iTunes review guys, we haven't gotten many. iTunes. I know I say this on every episode, but I think we've gotten one good iTunes or one iTunes review in like the past two months. That's pretty crazy, man. For the, for as many people as I see that are listening to this thing, all I'm asking for is a little help. You're, you're quarantined. You're at home. I know you're drinking. Your wife's probably yelling at you. Your girlfriend's probably yelling at you, but come on, get over there. 
Give me a good review. Give Patty C a good review. We've earned it. I think. I think we've earned it. I should be in Portugal and Spain. That alone. That alone right now. I should be getting drunk in Portugal and in Spain, but instead I'm announcing virtual fucking games and talking to you. All because some fucking guy ate a bat in China. All right? Allegedly. Guys, this is the college experience. Uh, you can find the Sports Gambling Podcast uh, network on Twitter at DSGPN network or DSGP network. I'm sorry. This is the college experience. You better start thinking about yours. And we out. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.